0: and turn to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. And uh, I want to show you I, I want to show you something that the Lord showed me the other day that I just never, never noticed it quite like this. And I believe this is going to be a help. I believe it's going to be practical for you. I believe it's going to be a help to you. So pro, I'm sorry, Hebrews, Hebrews 13 in your Bibles. And uh, I want to talk to you about that subject he's saying about tonight, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Hebrews 13, when you find your place, let's stand one last time because I know you're tired and I want you to, uh, boy, I, I want you to get the truth of the Word of God tonight. And so uh, I know when you're seated for a long time, sometimes it gets a little hard. And so let's we'll stand and let the blood get pumping a little bit and also stand out of respect for the reading of God's Word. Hebrews 13, verse 1, let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember them that are in bonds, as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity, as being yourselves also in the body. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. My wife and I were involved in a marriage retreat this last weekend, and I, uh, I, I spoke five times during that marriage retreat, and I, I used Hebrews 13, verse number 4. God, man, I'm telling you, God showed me something out of that that I had, uh, I just, I never had noticed it like that before. And I was, I was teaching on Hebrews thirteen four, and so I was reading Hebrews thirteen. I like, I like to read the whole chapter of what where I'm going to be teaching, and so I was reading the whole chapter, getting ready to teach at that marriage retreat, and I came across verse five. And of course, we've read that verse, preached from that verse, but when I read verse five, the Holy Spirit. And this didn't have a thing to do with the marriage retreat, but man, the Holy Spirit just rang my bell on verse five where the Bible says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And man, I read that and it just jumped off the page and I was like, whoa. Never seen that before like I seen it that day, and of course, that's because the Word of God is always fresh, amen? It's always fresh, and so that means you can read the same verse over and over again. God, God can give you something fresh from it, and I believe we're going to do that tonight. You may be seated tonight, and I want to talk to you about I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, uh, and so I'll do my best to get this done in the time that we, uh, and try to get you out of here in a good time, and uh and so will you give me a little bit of grace if we go just a few minutes over tonight? Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for the privilege to be back at Calvary. And God, we've enjoyed the song service, the music, the congregational singing, and Lord, that wonderful special that Lord just sort of, uh, Lord just sort of couples the music service right into the message tonight. And so Spirit of God, I pray for your touch. I pray for your breath, not just on me, but God, on your people. And, Lord, maybe even especially on them. They've worked long and hard. They've been very diligent today. And, Lord, they were faithful to be here tonight, but they're a little weary. And so I pray supernaturally right now that you would touch them and energize them, Lord, so they can only listen, but, Lord, so they can glean and get something from your precious book tonight. I pray that, Heavenly Father, you direct our study, and I pray that we'll leave here <clears throat> better Christians than we were when we enter tonight we love you lord you're so good to us and we praise you in jesus name we pray and for his sake and all god's people said amen Amen. well typically when we read hebrews chapter 13 verse number five we love to quote that last part of the verse for he has said i will never leave thee nor forsake thee in fact i'm going to be quite honest with you if you've never actually read that uh, you probably didn't even know that first part of the verse was, was with, that, with, with, that, with that verse. You thought that that last part was its own verse, and you didn't even know there was other parts to that verse. Uh, and it is true that God is always with us, and he never leaves us. And thank God, he never forsakes us. But how many know this, that it is always right to read Scripture in its context? And so I'm not against you pulling that little phrase out of there and saying he never leaves us and he never forsakes us. That's true. You would be right when you say that. And if you want to quote that, I'm fine with that. But I just want to remind us that there's more to that verse than that last part. Uh, In fact, it's interesting. I believe, personally, I have a perfect Bible. And I believe that every word's supposed to be there. I believe every jot, every tittle's supposed to be there. I believe that even, uh, uh, that, that even the, the commas, the periods, I believe all of that is in the right place. And one of the things that we notice here is that this verse, Hebrews chapter 13, verse five, we notice that it is separated by a colon. Did y'all notice that? Now, a colon is used to give emphasis to present dialogue, to introduce lists, and to clarify composition titles. Now you say, Pastor, did you bring us here tonight to give us an English lesson? And I, I didn't, but your Bible is in English. And God gave you, by the way, aren't you glad God gave you a Bible in English? And we notice here that that sentence is separated with a colon. And so follow me now. So the writer admonishes the reader in Hebrews 13, 5. He admonishes the reader to be cautious concerning covetousness. And then he turns around and he encourages the reader to be content. So he says, don't be covetous. And then he says, you need to be content. And then we notice that a colon is inserted there which tells us something of great importance. It tells us this, that the writer is getting ready to emphasize something. (laughs) Don't be covetous. Be content. And then we find that something is about to be emphasized. Now, what is it that's emphasized? The last part of the verse. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So if you want to come in here tonight and say, you know what, that verse teaches us that God's never going to leave us and he's never going to forsake us, you'd be right about that. But church, I'm going to tell you something. There's more to it than that. There's more to that verse than what we just, what we just said. There's more to it. The writer of Hebrews and the Holy Spirit of God is trying to teach us not merely that the Lord is with us and he's never going to leave us, but, but there are some important lessons. And I want to give you three tonight if we have time. I'm going to give you three important lessons we learn about the presence of the Lord. Uh, and what the Bible's trying to teach us here. And I believe this is gonna be a help. I believe it's gonna be a blessing to you tonight. Number one, because the Lord is always present, he is able to supply your personal need. Now, that's what our Bible's teaching there. Not just that the Lord is with you, although that's a great truth, but there's more to it than that. Because the Lord is always present, he is able to supply your personal need. Look back at it again. Hebrews 13, verse five. Uh, The Holy Spirit says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content. Be content, church. That's what he's saying. Be content with such things as you have, colon, I'm getting ready to emphasize something. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. In other words, this is what the Lord is saying. It is not necessary for you and I to want what others have. Right. It is not necessary for you to covet. We need not covet. Why? Why should we not covet? God said, you shouldn't covet because I'm with you. Don't want what other people have. I know what you need. That's what he's saying. Listen, I'm always there. I'm not gonna leave you. I'm not gonna forsake you. And so if that's the case, and it is, this is what God is saying. I know what you need. Now, hold your place there because we're going right back there. But I want you to to turn over to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter four. And look at verse number 19. Philippians chapter four. And verse number 19 and I just you know when, when I, I, I thought about this this truth the Spirit of God put these verses in my mind Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 19 look what our Bible tells us there but my God shall supply all your what all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus, all right? I want you to turn back a few more pages to the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter number nine, and look, if you will, at verse number eight. 2 Corinthians, chapter nine, and look at verse number eight, and notice what the Spirit of God tells us in this great verse, 2 Corinthians, chapter nine, and verse number eight. The Bible says, and God is, what's the next word? Able, able. that's a good word. And God is able to make all grace What's the next word? abound towards you that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Now church listen that's good news. You know what the writer saying here? Because you have a God that never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He never will leave you. He never will forsake you. God is saying this. I know what you need. Listen you don't have to want what brother Rodney's got. You don't have to want what brother Mike's got. You don't have to want what brother Steve God, Listen, I know what you need. I know where you are. I I know your address. I know your number. I know where you live. I know you so intimately. I know the very hairs on your head. And God is saying, because I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you, I know what you need. And God is saying this, I'll supply it. I'll supply it. Now, somebody says, all right, preacher. Okay, all right. If that's the case, and it is, by the way, if that's the case, if God is always present, and he is, and if God will never leave me, and he won't, and if God always knows, I mean, he's that close to me, and he knows what I need, then why does God wait to supply what I want? That's a good question. If God is right there with you, and he is, and he sees your needs and he knows your bills. and He knows what you have need of. And somebody says, preacher, yes, okay, all right. And so if that be the case, then why is it that God waits to give me what I want? And that's a good question and I want to answer it. Sometimes God delays in blessing us with certain things. Here's the reason. Until he knows we're ready for them. Amen. Right. That's, good. that's the reason. Now, there may be somebody here tonight, you may be single, and you say, Preacher, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying for a spouse. Preacher, I'm, I, I don't want to be alone the rest of my life. I'm praying for a spouse. I'm praying for a spouse. And, and, and if what you're preaching is true and if God is right there and God never leaves me and God never forsakes me, and here I am praying for a spouse and praying for a spouse, and I'm not just praying for a spouse, but I'm praying for a godly spouse. I'm praying for somebody that really loves the Lord. And you say, Preacher, so far, uh, God hasn't answered my need. Why does God not answer my need? And here's the reason. God might be waiting on you to be ready It might be why God is waiting to give you a healthier bank account. Did you know that some Christians can't handle a healthy bank account? It might be why God is waiting to give you that new job or that better job or a different house or a better vehicle. It might even be why God is waiting to give you that baby. And somebody says, preacher, I've been praying for a house. I've been praying for a new job. I've been praying for a higher paying job. I've been praying for a baby. Preacher, I've been praying for bodily healing. And listen, if you're, if you're right about this, if God is right there, if God is near me, if God never leaves me, if God never forsakes me, then why is it that God hesitates? Why is it that God waits to meet my needs? Listen to this statement, church. The blessings of God are often contingent upon on our personal actions and our growth in the Lord. You say, Pastor, I don't understand that, don't understand that a bit. Yes, you do. Think about it. Think about it. Now, my, my parents never gave me a car. I had to work, I had to work from on vehicle. And I don't know what you do, I don't know what your, your practice is, none of my business. But but I would say this: if you're the kind of parent and you give your child a car. I can pretty much guarantee this, you don't give them a car when they're seven. You don't go out to a car dealership and buy them a a, a brand new car and bring it home to your child when they're seven years old and say, hey, guess what, man, I got you a brand new car. Well, number one, they don't even have their license. Number two, if they got behind the wheel, they're gonna kill themselves or kill somebody. You know what you do? If you're gonna give them a car, you wait for them to mature. You wait for them to get their license. You wait for them to get their permit. You wait for them to take drivers in. You wait for them to grow up and become more responsible. Am I, am I preaching to the mighty tonight? You wait for them to get more mature. And when they finally get a little bit more mature and they get their permit, then they get their license and you say, you know what, I think you're ready. Then you purchase them a car and they use that car. Hopefully they use that car responsibly. But you don't do that before. God is the same way. God's our heavenly father. And sometimes Christians get mad at God and they say, God, I've been praying for this and praying for this and praying for this. And it just seems like you're not there. And God says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I know what your needs are. Well, why aren't you doing it then? And God says, I'm waiting on you to be ready. Now don't forget church, what I said a moment ago, the blessings of God are often contingent upon our actions and our growth. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to your Old Testament. Look at 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse number 14. 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse number 14. Look, look what our Bible tells us here. 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse number 14. I believe this is a, a, a perfect example of what I'm talking about tonight. The blessings of God are contingent upon our actions and our growth. Second Chronicles chapter seven, verse number 14, the Bible says, if my people, which are called by my name, all right, read the next, the next three words with me, ready? Shall humble themselves, all right? And then there's a comma, all right? Read the next two words with me, ready? And pray. Now I want you to read the next four words with me, ready? And seek my face, and let's see, One, two, three, four, five, six. Read the next six words with me. Ready? And turn from their wicked ways. Now again, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Notice there's a semicolon right there. But I want you to focus on the next word after that semicolon. You see what it is? Then. 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 Will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land? Now look what he says in verse 15. Now mine eyes shall be opened and mine ears attend under the prayer that is made in this place. For now have I chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and mine eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. And so God says, I'm there, man, I'm there. He said, I'm present, I'm present. But, he, but he, this is what God is saying. My blessings are contingent upon your actions. Whether I bless you or not, whether I heal your land, whether I forgive your sin, is contingent upon your actions. It's contingent upon your uh, your growth, your your maturity, your growing in the Lord. And so, this is what I'm saying. If you're here tonight and you say, "Preacher, God's just not God's just not with me," yes, He is. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's there, and because He's there, He knows your need. You said, "Well, Pastor, I'll tell you one thing: He sure not answer my prayers." Listen, it could be since God does know your need, God is waiting on you to grow just a little bit more in the Lord. And so, as you're listen, as you're waiting, don't get a bad attitude and don't get bitter. Man, just say you know what. Until God brings this blessing, we're just going to prepare, and I'm going to grow, and I'm going to stay in my Bible, and I'm going to stay faithful to church, and uh, man, I'm just going to love the Lord and keep a sweet spirit, and uh, uh, that's what you do. Now, think about it again. That's not. That's really not that that difficult to understand. Expectant parents do that all the time. You know what they do? They'll start. They get pregnant, and you know what they do? They start working on the nursery and man she wants the nursery just right and they buy a crib and then they buy lace to go on the crib and then they buy stuff to hang on the walls and 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 i don't know what all you've it's been a long time since we put a nursery together and uh, but you know what i'm talking about and you i mean everything's got to be perfect and and the the bed's got to be perfect and and everything's just got to be absolutely perfect now wait a minute now is the baby here yet no the baby's not here but that couple's living by faith and they're saying you know what the baby's coming and since the baby's coming we're gonna prepare you're here tonight you say preacher the baby hasn't come yet the new job hasn't come yet the promotion hasn't come yet. The raise and pay hasn't come yet. The bodily healing hasn't come yet. I've been praying and praying and I've been asking God to work, and, uh, but it hasn't come yet. What should I do? Keep preparing, keep preparing, keep preparing, keep preparing by faith, believing that God is gonna hear your prayer and answer your prayer. And it could be that God's waiting on you to grow in the Lord and mature in your faith. And so you just keep on, keep on, keep on growing. Because the Lord is always present. Now watch this, church. Because the Lord is always present, he is able to supply your personal need. But there's something else. Look at this. Because the Lord is present, always present, he's able to see your personal testimony. Now now flip back over to Hebrews 13 again. And look at verse number five. I never saw it like this. Hebrews 13, 5, he says here, let your conversation, conversation, is that my talk? It is your talk, but it's much more than your talk. That word conversation is the idea of your lifestyle, your testimony. That's what it's talking about. Let your your conversation be without covetousness and, and be content with such things as you have. Don't you be coveting other people's stuff in the church, don't you, be, uh, don't you be bitter because you don't have something they don't, uh, that they have. Don't be bitter because they have a four-bedroom house and you have a two-bedroom. Right. Right. Don't be bitter because they live in the country club and you live in a single wide. That's what the Bible's telling us. Be content. Be content with such things as you have. Why? I'm getting to emphasize something the Holy Spirit says. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. In other words, you know what God is saying here? I'm I'm close and I see how you're living. You better make sure you live right because I'm watching. Isn't it something sometimes, church, how Christians feel like they can sort of hide their sin from the Lord? And you know what God is saying in Hebrews 13, 5? I'm right there. Well, nobody will know. Yes, somebody will know. Hey, young know, man, if you're looking at something you shouldn't be looking at, you say, you know what, mom and dad will never know. Mom and dad may never know, but somebody knows. Yes, sir. God knows. Man, if you slump something off the counter and put it in your pocket and you don't pay for it and you walk out of Walmart or Walgreens or wherever it may be and, and you think, you know what, nobody will know. I'm here to tell you, somebody will know. God's gonna know. God is gonna know. You know why? Because he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm right there with you. I know your conversation. I know your testimony. Listen to what Proverbs 15:3 says. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. How about Jeremiah 23, 24? Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord? Do not I feel heaven and earth, saith the Lord? How about 2 Chronicles chapter number 16, verse number 9? For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Listen, God is a personal God, and and that's why our testimony ought to be clean. Why? Because he'll never leave you nor forsake you. That means I've got to listen, church. Well, you just do what you do because you're the pastor. Listen. Brother Mike's a good guy, but he's not always with me. I'm sure Brother Timmy is a wonderful guy, but I'm telling him, Brother Timmy's not always with me. Brother Mike's, Brother Mike's a one guy. Brother Mike's not always with me. But there's one who is. I'll never leave thee. I'll never forsake thee. And because of that, you better watch your conversation. You better watch your testimony. I'm watching. I'm paying attention. Man, that, that that means that when there's nobody around, we're to do right. right. Nobody's paying attention. We're to do right. Nobody notices us. Nobody pats us on the back. Nobody puts our name in the bulletin. We're to do right. Why? Because he said, I'll never leave thee and I'll never forsake thee. Wait a minute now. Let me show you something really neat. Did you know what we're talking about right now? This second point. Did you know that is exactly why Joseph Didn't end up being a moral failure. This is really neat. I want to show you. Would you take your Bibles, turn to the book of Genesis with me tonight? Genesis chapter number 39. And look at verse number 7. Genesis 39, verse 7. Joseph has been sold into slavery by his brothers. He ends up in the house of Potiphar. And Potiphar pretty much just puts everything in his hand, doesn't even know what he has. Joseph is a man that's highly favored. There's only one problem. Potiphar has a wicked, wicked wife. And we we pick up the story in Genesis 39, verse number seven. The Bible says, And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife, Potiphar's wife, cast her eyes upon Joseph. He was a handsome, he was a handsome dude. Uh, And she said, Lie with me. She wants to seduce him. Verse number eight, but he refused and said unto his master's wife, behold, my master what if not what is with me in the house? And he has committed all that he hath to my hand. Verse nine, there is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee because thou art his wife. Watch that, what's the last line? How then can I do this great wickedness against Potiphar? It's not how it reads, is it? You know why? Potiphar wasn't around. But somebody was. And Joseph said, I can't and I won't. By the way, he he fled out, didn't he? Left his coat in her hand, the Bible says. I mean, she ripped his coat right off of his back and Joseph got out of Dodge. Now, You know what kept Joseph from becoming a moral? Listen to this. Hey, fellas, listen to this. This is good. I may not be preaching it good, but it's good. You know why Joseph didn't end up a moral failure? Because Joseph understood something. I will never leave thee. I will never forsake thee. There are going to be times when nobody's around. There are going to be times when my wife is not there. There's going to be times when mom and dad are not there. There's going to be times when the pastor's not there. There's going to be times when nobody's looking. Nobody from Calvary is there. But but, but this is what Joseph said. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? He's here. He knows what I'm about to do. He knows what you want me to do. And woman, I'm telling you, I'm not, I will not, I will not succumb to this temptation. Why? Because there is a God in heaven and he never leaves me and he never forsakes me. And so so Joseph was protected from becoming a moral failure because he understood this concept we're teaching tonight. But wait a minute, that's not all. Joseph was a great success because he understood this concept what are you talking about pastor look look if you will genesis 39 verse number two genesis 39 verse two what was it that caused joseph to be blessed look what it says genesis 39 verse two and the lord was with joseph and he was a what kind of man was he he was a prosperous man Look at the very next verse, Genesis 39, verse 3. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to, what's the word? Prosper Prosper in his hand. Same chapter, look at verse 21, Genesis 39, verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Look at verse 23. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Wow, wow. So here's this wicked woman that tries to seduce him and he says, no way, will not. Joseph, nobody's around. Potiphar's gone. Nobody will ever know. Joseph said, somebody will. Who's going to know? Joseph said, he will never leave me nor forsake me. He's with me. He's with me. And so, boy... It kept Joseph from falling because Joseph understood this. Because the Lord is always present, he's able to supply your personal need. Because the Lord is always present, he's able to see your personal testimony. But look at this, Calvary. Man, this is is amazing. Because the Lord is always present, he is able to secure your personal praise. Now go back there, Hebrews 13 again. Verse 5. So the writer of Hebrews says, let your conversation be without covetousness. Don't be covetous. And be content with such things as ye have. Be, Be content, be satisfied, be fulfilled with what you have. Then there's a colon, and he says, I'm getting ready to emphasize the reason. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. But look at verse six. We didn't read that earlier, but look at verse six. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. In other words, when the blessings of God are flooding our life, you know what? Because we know He will never leave us, He will never forsake us, you know what happens? We realize something. I got to give Him praise. Amen. Somebody says, Brother Man, you are really successful. Man, how'd you become so successful? He'll never leave me. Never forsake me. Man, I, I mean, I mean, how are you such a great mom? And how'd you turn out such great kids? And I mean, wow. I mean, you need to teach me what you did. How are you such a wonderful mom? And she says, He'll, he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. We understand something. The Lord never leaves us, he never forsakes us. what caused that, hey, we can say, hey, he deserves the praise. He deserves the glory, Joseph. Man, what in the world kept you? I mean, Potiphar's wife was no doubt a beautiful woman. I mean, man, she was probably a knockout, and nobody was around, and you're the top, top anyway and you probably could have got away with it. And, and Joseph, why didn't you do that? Why, why, why didn't you do that? Uh, and Joseph said, because he'll never leave me and he'll never forsake me. And I know, I know, but, but how did you keep from succumbing to that temptation? And Joseph said, because, thank God, he's never he'll never leave me and he'll never forsake me. He's the one that strengthens me. He's the one that gives me power. He's the one that gives me victory. And by the way, church, he is the one that gives us victory and gives us blessings. And we ought to be careful to give him praise, to give him praise for that. Now I'm done. But why is that so significant, preacher? Well, I don't know about you, but let me just give you a personal testimony. Why is that significant? Because I've given him ample opportunity to leave me. You know how many times I've missed, I, I've, I've disappointed him, broke his heart, disobeyed him, had a rotten attitude, rebelled against his word. You know, how many times I've had to go to the Lord on my knees and in tears and say, God, I blew it! I blew it! And by the way, I've given him opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to leave me and forsake me. But guess what? He's still there. Amen. Yes, sir. Because he made a promise. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll never forget many, many years ago, my wife and I were in Bible college. We used to run a bus route on Sunday night and, uh, Anyway, long story short, I'll just cut through the story here, but long story short, we used to go, we used to go at a place there in the hood, I mean, right off the, right off the Dan Ryan Expressway in Chicago, Illinois, one of the busiest expressways in the world is the Dan Ryan Expressway. I mean, right there, buddy, I mean, right smack dab in the, in the hood. Some of you, some of you older, old oldies, remember a show called Good Times, been there, done that. I mean, that's where it was. I'm, where they filmed that, that's where we were. And that night we pulled the bus in to uh, get our kids dispersed and get them home that night. And some gang, a gang was in the parking lot there in McDonald's that night. And long story short, we got off the bus and the gang just, the gang was determined. They were going to, they were going to beat me up. And uh, my bus driver's name was Craig Foote. Craig was a Louisiana boy. Short, a lot shorter than I was. Stocky. As the day was long, always wore cowboy boots, and I thought Craig had already left. I thought the bus had already pulled out. I was sure the bus had pulled out and left, and here these gangbangers came. They got out of their car and they started coming toward me. And I remember I having my coat over my shoulder that night, and I just it was a hot night. I think July, and I just took my coat and I just threw it on the ground. I thought, oh, well, you know, they're gonna beat me up, but I'm telling you one, I'm gonna take an ear, eyeball, or something. I mean, I'm gonna get some. <laughs> but I was highly outnumbered. And about that time I looked around, I thought he had pulled away. And I saw this stocky Louisiana boy in his cowboy boots standing right behind me as if to say, if you want a piece of him, you're going to have to have a piece of me. Long story short, that night God, God protected us. But I couldn't help but think about that story. Hey, cowboy, isn't this wonderful? You ever had a situation in your life and you thought, man, I am all alone? Nobody knows what I'm going through, and nobody cares. And then all of a sudden, when you look around, he's still there. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Through the good times, through the bad times. Well, thank God he's a friend. The Bible says it like this, that sticketh closer than a brother. Well, aren't we glad tonight we have a God like that. Amen. Amen. You can bow your heads tonight, Father. Thank you for this time we've had together tonight around your word. And God, thank you for reminding us that you'll never leave us and you'll never forsake us. Even though, Heavenly Father, I've given you many, many opportunities, I've disappointed you, I've disobeyed you, I've broken your heart, And yet, Lord, you're still there meeting my needs, watching my testimony. And so, Lord, for that, we're very thankful. God, who is it tonight that needed this word? God, who is it tonight that needed to be reminded? God has their, he knows what their needs are. God, is there somebody here tonight and maybe the enemy has come, maybe the devil has crept in and said, you know what, God's not answering your prayers. He's not right, he's not fair. You've been praying and pouring your heart out to God and God's not right. Father, would you remind them tonight? He knows their need. And when it's time, he's able to meet it. God, would you remind someone tonight that you're there? When temptation comes to look at the wrong thing, to say the wrong thing, to go to the wrong place, to do the wrong thing, you're there. God, maybe there's somebody here this evening that needs to just tiptoe down to this old-fashioned altar and say, Lord, forgive me. I've given you so many opportunities to forsake me, but I'm so glad you haven't. God, maybe there's someone here tonight that's taking glory for really... It's glory that, deserve, that that the Lord deserves. Lord, I pray you'd have your way in this invitation. Speak to hearts, please. And we sure thank you and love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Let's stand tonight just for a moment. We went over about 10 minutes, but we're gonna be out of here in just a, just a few minutes. And while we pause, just for a moment, is there anybody here this evening that just needs to, with heads bowed and eyes closed, that just needs to slip out of their aisle and make their way to the altar and do business with the Lord? If there is, we're gonna pause and let you come. While we wait, would you come tonight?